0: Welcome back to episode two of Money Scripts in the Sci-Fi Podcast Series. Sci-Fi meaning psychological finance. Again, we are challenging your money scripts, the things that you say to yourself about money. So the things that you're thinking and believing about money, which ultimately impact how you behave with money. We talked a little bit. I gave you a teaser. I know I only gave you the first one last time, but at least it got you thinking. The first one was money avoidance. And now we go into money worship. With money worship, you might have the thought pattern, more money will make things better, which could lead to the following behaviors. Placing work above family, giving beyond your means, and attempting to buy happiness. And this is where you create more revolving debt, which likewise decreases your net worth simultaneously. So other symptoms with money worship, compulsive buying disorder, hoarding disorder, gambling disorder, workaholism, we already talked about that one, financial dependence, enabling and denial. Notice that some of these overlap just a little bit with the previous one that we mentioned of money avoidance. But with money worship, research supports that there is no correlation between money and happiness. We hit on that just a little bit before. But there was a wonderful quote that I had in my class that I want to read to you. It was by the Dalai Lama. I am surprised by humanity because a man sacrifices his health in order to make money. Then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. And then he is so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present. The result being that he does not live in the present or the future. He lives as if he is never going to die and then dies having never really lived. I love that quote. And listen, I don't follow the Dalai Lama, but I heard that in a TED talk when it came to money and happiness. And I'll be sure to provide the TED talk link because we had some very interested audience members when I provided the class. So I went back and dug it up for them. I'll provide that link in this post as well. Again, understand there is no correlation between money and happiness. Happiness is one of the basic primary. Emotions, which is neither positive or negative. All five primary emotions sadness, anger, fear, disgust, and happiness they are neither positive or negative. They are simply signals. They're so unstable and fleeting. That is why they are signals. They let us know, they alert us to what maybe we should do next. If you want joy, which is a mood state, then that is something different altogether. And that's a whole other podcast. But people who are miserable at their current income level will probably be miserable at a higher income level. Let me tell you something. And I shared this with the class and with you all on the podcast I grew up with very humble beginnings. I was born into Section 8 housing, lived in very less than stellar homes. And I got to tell you, even living in a very poor situation, I still have very happy memories. So there you have it. You can be happy without having a lot of money. And I will also tell you, as I've aged and as I've become more successful in life, and made more money in life, that did not equate to more happiness, if anything equated to more stress. <laughs> so happiness in many ways and joy in many ways is a choice. The pursuit of money is never quite satisfying. Using money as a tool to try to quench the thirst of all those things that you really want, it's just not going to work finding those things that really work for you and bring happiness. Maybe it is connection. Maybe it is through relationship. Maybe it is through interacting with certain groups of, of folks and building community and those types of things. And that was actually voiced by a, a Harvard study where, and I've, I've mentioned this study before, where there was a slight Correlation with money and happiness only when basic needs had to be met. So, obviously, when you're meeting your basic needs, there's less stress, which can induce a little more happiness, right? But once you hit $75,000 for household income, probably a little higher now to adjust for inflation. And some would even say, some of the researchers said they would contend it would be between fifty dollars and $75,000. But once you hit that mark, money no longer brought happiness. It really was through connection and relationship. So if you have extra cash, if you're beyond that threshold, then maybe investing some of that money not into the latest gadgets or cars but into relationships like vacations and things of that nature. Since money, this is a quote, since money is one of those taboo topics in our culture, what we learn is not vetted by anyone. We observe things, we assume things, and our conclusions become our reality. Until we examine our beliefs, we will be getting the same outcomes. I can't stress enough how you must be a savvy consumer when it comes to your personal finances. You can't take people's advice as a sheer authority or a sheer truth on money management. I would say vet the information that you're getting. Talk to a financial professional. See if what auntie told you or what uncle told you or what grandpa told you or what your friend told you, if that information is correct, you definitely want to understand the source and if that source is valid. The next money script is money status. This is where people say to themselves, they scroll up to that script and they might be able to to see that they've written, I must stay on trend. I need the latest and greatest. And they'll see as they scroll through their own script that their self worth is tied not to net worth, but tied to the things that they have. So, net worth is your assets minus your liabilities. It's a very simple calculation. I'll say that again. Your net worth is all your assets minus your liabilities. So your assets are anything that can be liquidated or sold to produce an income or or an amount of money, right? So you take that asset list, what everything is worth, and then you subtract everything that you owe on it, and there are your liabilities. A lot of folks have negative net worth, meaning they have not even achieved zero net worth they have negative 10,000 negative 50,000 because of how much they owe but money status or a money status script may lead to overindulgence and overspending where people are getting their fill from things so They might have a lot of financial secrets, they might be involved in risky gambling, living beyond their means, and becoming a slave to money. And they may even pretend they have more money than they do, which leads to a lot of those behaviors we just discussed. And this can lead to poor modeling for the next generation, where the kids growing up in this house believe that. The only way to be happy is to have a lot of things. So be careful with that mindset. But just as I said earlier in the previous episode of part one, you can turn any of these into a positive. Money status is something where, okay, maybe you grew up poor and maybe you grew up with little and. Money status was a way for you to show yourself and others that I've made it in this world. And that's a wonderful thing to celebrate. Absolutely. But let's celebrate it a little differently where it is celebrated within your self-concept, your self-worth, knowing that you don't have to seek the approval of others to be financially well. In fact, Financial well-being is where you really focus on your family and yourself and where you're going with your finances and could care less about what other people think about that. I had those conversations with my 13-year-old a lot. (laughs) So I would encourage you, if you're in that money status money script, please absolutely celebrate what you've been blessed with. But at the same time, you do not have to seek the approval of others. Here's money vigilance. This is the last money script. Now, when you hear this one, you'll be like, wow, well, money vigilance, that sounds pretty good. I think I just want to live in money vigilance. But it has its downside. So first, let's talk about the positive. Absolutely, money vigilance includes people who are believing when they scroll up in their money script. They see words like being prepared for the future, financial security. Spending less, saving more, discretion, paying with cash, not with credit, and having a higher net worth. Those are all good things. Here's a however. If you're not careful, you can become overly anxious about money and your future, which would cause you to not celebrate life in the moment. Maybe you're holding that dollar so close and so tight that you're not celebrating birthdays, that you're not celebrating the different things in life, you're not going on vacation, you know, those types of things that you also need for rest. And by the way, we all know vacations don't have to cost a lot of money, but this is on a wide spectrum here. So you can have folks who place their savings in a mattress or they're saving too conservatively because of money vigilance. So for some Certified financial planners, this, you could be a dream or a nightmare to this person as a money, vigilant money script. So how is this affecting you socially and occupationally? Are you hoarding or are you saving? Are you hiding or are you compound? So the prescription here is education from professionals, not from a news source. Oh, I got to take all my money out of the bank because we're losing money like you wouldn't believe. That is not the solution. Absolutely, we're all going to have news at the forefront in our lives, but seeking professional advice about your money and not from the person from the cubicle next door who might be a little overzealous in taking everything out of TSP (laughs) or what have you, maybe again, being a savvy consumer, what do I need to do to remain healthy but not overly anxious? I want to close this up, like I said, with the affirmation and validation that it is difficult to just switch the script and change your money script. It is difficult. Let me give you a quote here. Financial success requires us to get our financial behaviors in line with the financial reality of the modern world. This requires flexible thinking and being open to challenging our deeply held beliefs about money. We need to have the courage to learn about ourselves and accept that our beliefs about money may be deeply flawed. We must be open to learning new ways of looking at money and relating to money. End quote. So, yes, psychology understands human nature, that you are going to have a difficult time just flipping that script. Here's what I would tell you. Most humans are going to perpetually think, ponder, or contemplate what they'd like to do about anything before taking action. It's the same with finances. I'll use the stages of change as an example. There's the pre-contemplation phase. Again, this is within popular psychology and what many therapists use as they're preparing for the next session with you, trying to think of where you are. You might be in the pre-contemplation phase where there's no mention of changing behavior. Or you might be in the contemplation phase where you are aware that a problem exists, but you're not committed to change. You might be in a preparation stage of change where you intend to take action to change, but you just don't know how to do it yet. But then comes the action stage where you are now executing a plan to modify your behavior. Congratulations. Yes, let's celebrate that. Maybe listening to this podcast is an action step for you. And then you have maintenance. Once you have followed those behaviors and taking those actions, maintaining or sustaining the changes and developing that new behavior and continuing that new behavior. But before you get to relax a little bit, You might relapse and return to your old habits, your old ways of thinking, but that's okay. That's part of the healing phase. The last one is the termination stage where you are steady, you're stable, and there's really no temptation to return to your old ways. But there is always a steady vigilance there. If you need help in any of those areas, please remember that I'm available to Redstone Arsenal employees and you can engage with me at any time and we can set up a session. 256-876-6299. I hope you're enjoying your new year and the new financial you. Until next time, stay accountable to yourself.